Oh, open mics can be brutal, especially here. But Oh, dude, yeah, open mics are so brutal. Welcome to the Adler.TV show where there's a new guest and a new episode, a new topic every single week. Hopefully. Sorry, I went to Yellowstone with my wife. It's been crazy. Hopefully things will get better here on out. I'm trying my best. <laughs> this episode features comedian Nick Candidate. Nick recently met me at my house to record this podcast you're about to hear and to write a comedy song that we would then perform live the very next morning on the Rick and Bubba show. So at the end of this podcast, you will hear the final product of the song performed live on the Rick and Bubba show, and you'll see how the whole song came together. Have a listen. My guest this week is comedian Nick Canaday. He is a very good friend of mine, and he is my only friend, uh, only friend, <laughs> uh, who I've done comedy with pretty much in the last like eight years that I've been working at Rick and Bubba. This is the one guy that has consistently come back to me time and time again and said, "Hey man, let's do a new comedy project. Hey man, let's make a new song. Hey dude, let's do make a new video, whatever." Uh, so just in his tenacity alone. That makes me want to work with the guy, comedian Nick Canada. What's up, buddy? Dude, it's good to be here. Dude, thanks for being here, man. Cool to be uh, on your show. I'm really proud of you. This has been a cool endeavor. Dude, it has been much harder than I thought it would, but that's good. Yeah, that's I mean, part of it, you know? anything that's easy isn't really worth working for, go. right? <laughs> that's right. <man. laughs> like, why would we want stuff to be easy and just fall in our lap? <laughs> that's it, man. That's it. Uh, Nick also has his own show, The Canada Daily Show. That's right. Which does not air daily, so I'm not sure. He maybe needs to work on that title, but yeah. um, no, it's a great show. He, he was uh, kind enough to have me on his show as well, and I'll link that below uh, in wherever you may be watching this YouTube or on my website. But uh, that airs on, what is that again? Uh, that's a good question, actually. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Maybe if I knew that, there would be more viewers now. It's uh, Spectrum 180. That's right. Um, but it's also on my Coleman television. Uh, they have a uh, website and Facebook where they launch everything on as well. So it's growing. It's growing. Awesome, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely different than anything else that's on that platform. Oh, which yeah. I think it's, it's awesome. It's the only like, comedy show. like. There, and and like I enjoy doing it's fun. It's definitely a unique market to try to do comedy in. I don't feel like it's always well received just because it's I mean it's it's kind of like I, I describe it my comedy's more of a like college comedy. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Coleman is kind of a Larry the Cable Guy market. Don't sure, get me wrong. Sure, like sure. I, he's a great comedian. Ron White, you know Jeff Foxworthy, and I'm just not necessarily in that vein of comedy. So it definitely it makes it more challenging. But I mean, like you said, challenges are what kind of I would much rather kind of work through a problem and figure out a solution than like have something just be like, oh well, this is easy. I'm never facing difficulties. You know, I just feel like comedy definitely isn't that way. Anyways, though, no one. Goes through it and to just crushes. Quote, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a quote. Everyone who's ever tried it, comedy is hard. It is, man. It's so unbelievably hard. You're doing uh, a couple open mics, like you're running a couple open mics around Birmingham, and I know you're hitting Atlanta's comedy circuit as well, and some other places, Athens, I think, some other places too. Yeah, so. Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, Nashville. It's been um, that's awesome. I've been traveling a lot, getting out there. But you'd be surprised, man. There's so many great comedians right here in Birmingham. Like, yeah, yeah. Very, very strong scene. I mean, Roy Wood Jr.'s product from here. Yeah, he's man. got a Comedy Central show that's going to be filmed here. Uh, Terry T, another comedian that's uh, he's from Bessemer and he's headlining at the uh, at Comedy Cellar in New York and like 
that's like the mecca of comedy. Like he's someone that's like made it. I mean, you have Jermaine Johnson, the funny man that does all the Alabama videos. I mean, Dude, he's crushing it. There's just yeah. so Ricky Smiley. I mean, there's there so go. many great comedians right here in Birmingham that are doing really big things. Yeah, man, it's amazing. And uh, as I've been focusing more on the podcast this year, you have been just crushing uh, stage time, man. It's getting time on stage, and yeah. that's how you get better. That's how you get quicker. That's how you, you know, that's how you get get good. Yeah, so I'm that's to get thirty minutes a week is the goal. It's tough. Wow, nice. Um, but yeah, that's the goal is to get thirty minutes of stage time a week. So we've done probably forty projects at least. You think? Ooh, yeah. I mean, when you think back to all of the like actual skits when I was interning and, yeah, yeah. and Christmas stuff, yeah, we've yeah. definitely 30 to 40 projects for sure. Yeah. Um, some of them have done well, some of them not so well, but you the know, ghost that's, of how Bear you, that's how you learn. The ghost of Bear Bryant. I forgot about that one. That did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the problem is, I was so committed. That like I couldn't back out, you know. Yeah. I was really doing the ooh, like the ghost voice, and like it, nothing was landing. It's a tough uh, comedy. Is hard, man. I'll I did stand up like a week later after that because I had to get that taste out of my mouth, dude. Oh my gosh, there's nothing better than it's like scoring a touchdown when you land a joke or you land it. Uh, especially, I, I'm I'm happy when it the, when it's over. That's when I'm happy, and I'm like, yes, we did it. Like during it, before it, before it is actually fun. Writing is fun, but the actual performing of it, if it's not going well, man, it is like it is just a on it's comedy hell, man. I can speak more to it not going well. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I don't understand the scoring a touchdown that you speak of. Yeah, right, right. Let me. Uh, I don't know what would be uh, like winning a, a Fortnite. Yeah, is that yeah, a better okay, illustration okay, for you? Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. No. Um, I'm not good at that either. God. But dude, like when you lose, it's it just sucks so bad. Like I have. I have had periods in time in my life where I'm just like, I'm not funny. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a garbage person, and you just can't let it. You know, oh, you just can't like, let it. Do I that guess too, people yeah. just don't like me as a person. <laughs> 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 I, the worst thing that I think that's ever happened to me was I was doing stand up and I was just bombing, and this lady goes. Uh, Someone like tried to heckle me and she was like, hey, he's trying. And I was like, oh, that's worse than getting heckled. Like, like I would rather you just not. Don't patronize me <laughs> yeah. up here. Don't take up for me. This is bad. I know what this is. <laughs> like, she was like my mom. Like, leave him alone. He's trying. He's chasing a dream. Just, just <laughs> go out there and have fun and try your best. Yeah, it was uh, it was bad. That was the worst, I think. But having fun, though, is important. Like. People can read it, man. You got to be real, and people can read it if you are not having fun up there. Like if you're nervous in any kind of way, boom. You Especially consider me. yourself unless you figure out a way to work it into your bit, which is very, very difficult yeah. for more people. And then you end up playing this weird character if you end up, you know, if you end up staying that in that direction, and you don't want to be, you know, Bobcat Goldwaith or whatever his name is. That was like, hey guys, yeah, you know, had to be yeah. that guy for the rest of his life. Everybody wants him to do the voice and all that stuff. So really just finding out who you are, finding your voice, and then figuring out how to bottle that and just chopping out extra words and then getting it out to the people and doing it over and over and over again is really is really the way to I think to uh, do it, man. Well, I'm an I'm an energy comic. And so like I definitely like recognize like I'm more like a comedy club comic. It's high energy. Sometimes like my material, I would say it isn't always like strong and in the if somebody else was necessarily delivering it it might not land as well because it's more there's pauses and facial expressions and things of that nature whereas like it's in 
important for me to have energy because if I go out flat and I like it's just so easy to tell like if I don't want to be there and it's like well this isn't gonna land and being confident and confidently delivering something and saying something is half the battle yeah man like and you got to believe in the bit yeah yeah you believe in that joke, joke like it might not be good but be committed to the joke at least until you until it's over and then you can go well that didn't work i'm not doing that again or i'm going to change something about it if it kind of worked a little bit i mean there's just a there's some i've seen jokes go a million different ways but if you're not confidently and you're stumbling through it it's never going to land that's it, man. And speaking of a million, we have had one video get, I'm going to say, a million views. It did get a million views. Did it, did it hit it's, the it's, one? It's over a million now. <sighs> I can die now. <laughs> success, so, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, no, I, I, can, I can consider myself a, sell, a successful producer of video content. Because, man, like... When you when you scroll through the your feed and you just see tons of videos with millions and millions of views and you've never hit that and you've been doing that eight year eight ten years like I have you yeah. know you're just like okay I should find a new job I, I should sell homes or something I don't know I should become a plumber or something but that's awesome man I I didn't realize that that video hit a million views and one of my favorite things about that video is that yeah it's funny you know we're making mm. fun of us we're making yeah. fun of us. But we also lift up another person, and we also point to good organizations that are doing good work. Yeah, yeah. That was definitely one of my favorite videos we did, uh, just because it was so impactful, and it was about something. Like, anytime you can laugh and have fun while, like, doing something for a good cause, it's definitely, like, way, way more than, like, just telling a joke that, like, hurts someone's feelings. Like, yeah, yeah. I would much rather be involved in an uplifting, like, funny, positive thing than something yeah. negative. No doubt, man. I'm going to talk about um, uplifting in one second, but just to give everybody an idea of what the video is about, it's about Calvin the Sign Man, who um, outside of Firehouse Subs on Green Springs Highway, this guy was like an institution. He would be, you know, twirling the sandwich uh, board signs. And he's been there for years and years and years and like years. Like 20 years, right? Yeah, and just people just waving like crazy. And, and people know him, people honk at him, people say, you know, like they're driving along and then they see him and they're like, okay. How could I ever have a bad attitude? Look at that guy's oh, attitude. Yeah. It's amazing. Calvin the Sign Man, just Google it or whatever, and you'll find the video for it. Um, and I think Sign Waver. The Sign Waver, yeah. Sign Waver. Calvin the Sign Waver. And so, yeah, that was that was a really cool video to be a part of and just to see how people responded to it was awesome. But one thing I loved about it, it was what it, is that it was uplifting. And you've heard of... You're, as a comedian, when you write jokes, you're never supposed to punch down, punch up, yeah. punch up. Like, and and just to explain that for people that might not know, uh, you're much more likely. And some people can break this rule. You know, there are no rules in comedy. Like, whatever. I mean, you can break rules, but m most of the time, there's a few rules. Yeah, 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 there are a few rules. Most of the time, people have to follow that Especially rule. Especially in 2018. Oh my gosh, or 2019. Yes. Well, very yeah. sensitive uh, time for most people. Yeah, yeah. But as far as punching up, your joke should never make fun of somebody who's like worse off than you, like, you know, monetarily or socioeconomically or intellectually or, you know, anything like that. Just because like, why do you feel the need to put that person down? Punch up like I can make fun of President Trump, um, but President Trump, why would he yeah. waste his time make, making fun of me? That's punching down. And that like it. No, Generally, audiences are going to get a, a icky feeling from that. I spend the majority of my time punching down on me. 
there you go like it's yeah like, because then you give the audience a central figure like it makes them comfortable and it's like honestly it's self-awareness <laughs> like, i get it i'm a big target there's a lot of things like and so it's just it makes it i don't know be, fi- being that central target i would much rather people laugh at me than me like heckle or like me go after a heckler and just make them feel terrible, which I'm definitely capable of doing and have done before. But I don't ever get a, a great feeling from it. It's just like, you right. made me do this. Yeah, you made yeah. me be this person. Like, yeah, if you were to go after a person in the audience and be kind of mean-spirited about it, you're not going to get laughs. People are going to be like, what is Why? Why is this? But if it's a heckler that deserves it, the people are going to go nuts. Oh, yeah. yeah like, like, I've definitely a, yeah. put a heckler in their place before and everyone loved it. Because it's just like... you. If you're going to a comedy show, rule number one, have a little bit of respect to at least just like watch or take your phone call outside. But most of the time, oh, open mics can be brutal, especially here. But. Oh, dude, yeah, open mics are so brutal. Uh, you, you're running a good show, though. I was When I was doing open mics, it, was, um, it just wasn't ran well, and bad comics would get 15 minutes on stage, and, and that just crushes everyone's will to even live in, you know, at all, like... It, it was bad. So you gotta you gotta run a tight show. If somebody's struggling, keep them at, th- at three minutes and give them off the stage. Oh, yeah. You know, at least at least it's a quick turnaround, and people don't have to sit through a terrible set where somebody's just really like venting or something like. Yeah, that, if you know? people get up there with no material at all, I will give them light pretty early. Like I try to give every comedian five minutes, but if it's a person like I said not doing jokes, just venting and up there, it's like yeah, you, it's time for you to you're getting the light. And then another thing a lot of people don't do, and it's it's hard to do, but as soon as you start learning how to do it, you're going to be so much more successful, and that is to feel the room. <laughs> if you're on stage and you're trying to deliver your jokes and somebody drops a glass, acknowledge it. Like that's that's one way to feel the room. Or if it's like really smelly in there, don't just get up there and try to do your material. Acknowledge that it's really stinky in there, or whatever the case may be. Feel the room. Acknowledge your audience. Know your audience. And uh, people will be like, oh, this is a real thing. This isn't a fake prepared oh, yeah. bullcrap thing. This is a real thing. And that's a real person. I can relate to that person. I like that person. That person's funny. It's that many steps to getting someone to think that person is funny. A lot of times. Well, I like when something will happen that like a comedian will say something and I'll have a joke in a similar vein. And so what I'll do, I'll get up there and be like, hey, did y'all like that when Peter said this about it? And like, people will be like, oh, yeah. And it's like, well, what about? And then I kind of like, nice. So it's like I already have built-in rapport That's based good off stuff. this other thing that I saw work with the comedian. And so it's always good to kind of like right off the bat, like you said, the great comedians are 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 the best at that. Like the people that are good can kind of acknowledge it. And I'm in that range, but the people that are great know how to capture that moment and then just like punch you at the end with a great punchline. And let me say that, like, all the things that I'm saying about being a good comedian, that's like me also talking about LeBron James being a good basketball player. I really, I I need stage time, and I have a hard time making people laugh a lot of times. Like I said, comedy is hard, so let me clarify. I don't think I'm a good, especially, I I haven't been on stage, stage in probably five years, man. So You got to get up, man. Maybe four, but I I still have my set list. My mic's tomorrow night. Well, I'll be. I'm actually going to be uh, on my way to Yellowstone tomorrow oh, night. Nice. Yeah, man. Uh, I texted you earlier today, and because I realized that 
tomorrow is my coworker Greg Burgess's birthday. Greg and I get along probably better than anybody else at the show. I don't know why, but he's just a really easy to get along with, yeah. dude. Funny dude. We have a good time. Uh, I think we both have like kind of like blue collary backgrounds, and we hung out with the same kind of guys. When I worked at the Harley shop, when Greg tells stories about his time at the power company, it feels like I was hanging around the same guys. Yeah. So I don't know if that's like our common thread or what, but uh, his birthday is tomorrow, and I just realized it today. And so just like in passing, I was just like, Oh, your birthday's tomorrow, Greg? I guess I forgot to check my things I don't give a crap about calendar. And he just started he just started busting out laughing. I was just like, you know what? That would be a good kind of premise for a song. And oh, I haven't yeah. I haven't done a song in a long time on the Rick and Bubba show. Um, I've been just been really, really focused on video production. That's my actual job. The songs and stuff like that, that's just like icing on the cake if I can make it happen. But going out there and doing a bad bit, a bad song, there's nothing worse than that. So a lot of times I tend to not. Which is not like, which is not the best. Hey, hey guys, what you doing in the show? Mind if I derail it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I've had way more success on like, songs when I have like at least like a week to work on it and think on it and sleep on it, that kind of thing. But since his birthday is tomorrow, that's when it's got to happen. Yeah. So I called up my, the, the only guy that has ever helped me do comedy ever, my buddy Nick, Nick Canaday. I sent him a text. I was like, dude. I need some ideas for a song. And you immediately started sending me bars. <laughs> which fire, was, man. Yeah, man. They were pretty good, too. Dude. dude, they were great, man. <laughs> so, this is How to Write a Funny Comedy Parody Song by Nick Coco Canaday and Chris Adler. So, Greg's birthday is tomorrow. I think it would be funny just to play off of a lot of like the, the grumpiness that is Greg. Um... As far as just like the structure of a song, you always want you always want your show to build. You don't want it to feel like it comes out with a bang and then dies. You want it to come out with a bang and then build and build and build to a big ending bang for sure. So I was thinking I could start chill on acoustic um, and then you unannounced could bust into the studio and do like a quick, what's that called? A feature? Yeah, like a feature rapper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could do a feature rap and then we could do a back-to-back rap and then close it out. But I, I, we, that can always, that could all, you know, def, that could change for sure. But I could definitely logic the heck out of this. I don't know who that is. He's a white rapper. <laughs> no, I actually do. Slim Shady it. Um, so I'm running out of white rappers if until eyes. Who else? And did you already say logic? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob Bates, maybe? I, I actually don't know who that is. I'm so old, man. It takes two to make a thing go right. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know if these I just his name's Rob Bates. Seems kind of white. Is he white? I don't I know. Think I that guy literally was white. speaking with zero knowledge. I don't think that guy's white. He might not be. Okay, I did some research, and Rob Bass is definitely not white. I sent you just like a quick text, and I was like, hey, man, let me know if you've got any suggestions for a Greg birthday song. His birthday is tomorrow. Yes. And within, let's see how much, it was the time to just turn around. Within four minutes. <laughs> oh, I really want to help you with this. Ha ha. You're nothing but a grumpy old man. We tell people it's your birthday, but no one gives a what? <laughs> so here's, here, here's what we work on. Like, Nick will throw an idea at me. And then I'll kind of throw it back and we can toss it back and forth and kind of, you know, really f- craft it for your audience. That being Rick and Bubba immediately in the room and then the Rick and Bubba, uh, Rick and Bubba audience beyond that. Yeah. Um, you have, you know, you have the word damn right there. I think that we should say what? Yeah. Don't give a what? And then, and then just kind of clean it up a so little bit. Damn to me is not like necessarily a swear word. I mean, it is, 
it, I think it's one of those that you can kind of get away with if you like. I don't cuss in my act. I might say like one cuss word in my act the whole time. Like, yeah. but it's usually not used in a like. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, dude? Yeah. So many comics just use cuss words oh, as their punchlines. Yeah. And it's just like that wasn't a joke. You just ended it with the f word, so we laughed because we were kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, but no, you absolutely it, 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 like that happens all the time. You see that big time actors. In fact, I gotta throw. Or I'm not gonna throw him under the bus, but I gotta mention Will Ferrell here. Hilarious dude. Obviously one of the kings of comedy. Not one of the actual kings of comedy, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> And that movie, uh, uh, Lost, uh, Lost in Time, Lost, Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost. Yeah. Land of the Lost. That would have been much funnier to me if it wasn't rated R, because it was like so dependent on on the f bombs as the jokes. I remember, it, honestly, it, the entire movie was. I just remember this is funny. Him and Danny McBride. Is Danny that? McBride. Yeah, yeah. Him and Danny Who McBride. Who's the girl? I don't know. There was a girl. Yeah, yeah. I want to say Natalie Portman, but that is that's, that's like, another bad Danny McBride. Movie. That's another bad <laughs> Danny McBride movie. Yeah, yeah. And the whole movie was like, this is funny because we're saying the f word, and you're like, no, this is funny because you're traveling through time and running from dinosaurs. Like to me, that movie would have been so much more funny if they had made it PG-13 and then maybe had two f bombs in it. <laughs> it that probably way, had a better premise. A better <laughs> premise. Maybe just a better movie, <laughs> all in general. They should have made the movie. <laughs> okay, so I did some more research again, and Land of the Lost actually was rated PG-13, but it had a good bit of cussing in it. To me, at least, uh, it relied heavily on those cuss words as punchlines, which is not comedy and I guess I was expecting it to be more of like an elf kind of movie especially since it was based on uh, the kids show Land of the Lost and if you have to cuss in order to be funny then anyway here's here's back to Nick you want some gushers bro oh, man gushers what There's more where that came from oh gosh it was a classy podcast I'm running here yeah man gushers and beer <laughs> The meal of kings. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like I am. I feel like I'm 12 and 21. <laughs> like, yes, it's like mom left me with too much money for the weekend. Dude, honestly, that's what I do when like my wife. Wait, they're all one color? Well, some are red. If you get a, if you get the tropical, you'll have multicolor, and then if you get the red, you get the red. It's a, it's bogus. It's a scam. The red ones. The all red ones are not as good as the tropical. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. You just ate them all at once. That's how I do it. That is a strategy. You remember when uh, Nickelodeon was selling Gak, which was just like slime? Yeah, and people oh yeah. were buying it. Don't drop your Gak. If you drop your Gak in anything, sand on the sidewalk, oh, sand. your, your oh, Gak worse. is ruined. Your yeah, Gak yeah, that's is like destroyed. Bad Gak for sure. That's I what, feel like there's going to be like 2000s kids watching this. Like, what are they talking about? What are they talking they about? They had me. <laughs> they lost me with Gak. What is Gak? Oh, dude. Yeah. Gak, man. And Pogs and, you know, like baseball cards and Pogs, all kinds dude. of physical things. Dude, kids don't. I'm still playing Pogs, once man. You, I got a slammer in my pocket right now. If you have a slammer in your pocket right now, you need to leave. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> dude. Once you get old enough for a phone, kids, I swear, kids abandon all physical toys after that. Oh, man. Not now. Me. I still have my toys. Now. They I mean, do. I don't play with them, but like I've got right. them saved for like my future hypothetical kids. Now they just want credits on their game or whatever to unlock the next thing or whatever, dude. Yeah, lame. Kids, you all suck. Yeah, kids. <laughs> get out and, and y'all are going to have to start scheduling your like outside time. I remember being a little. Have, like vitamin D deficiency. 
I remember being little and being like, man, grownups are the man. Like, they don't get it. And now, as a grown-up, I'm just like, ugh, kids. Oh, dude, kids are the worst. Yeah, but I yeah. feel like we were cool kids, though. I feel like we kids weren't. now. We thought we were, but we weren't. Yeah, but I don't know, man. You're what, 32? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah so I'll I'm, be 33 in almost exactly a month. Yeah, okay. So I'm 33. I'll be 34 in December. So we're right at the same age, man. And like, No, no, no. You're older than me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, the transition, dude, honestly, and I'm, I'm not trying to like rip on kids and I'm sure my you know perspective is changing a little bit, but there was a turn in our interns that occurred where you could tell that they've had an iPhone in their pocket their whole life, their whole like, a lot, yeah, like their whole like aware life and they're just different. They're like not as driven and they're not as like. I hate to say this, like they're not as just like snappy and with it when it comes to social things. Like they're not as grown up. They're 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 not a lot of things. I didn't get an iPhone until I was interning at Rick and Bubba in like 2012. Right, that was like my first iPhone. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I used my mom's cell phone until uh, college, and then I didn't have an iPhone until after I got college. A Nokia, um, like one of those brick phones that had like snake on it. When I turned 16, yeah. Yeah, I, like I was my nineteen. Wanted to know where I was at because I was driving. Yeah. Um. So that was my first phone when I turned sixteen. Dude, I would go. I would give girls my phone number in high school, and they would call that number, and the voicemail would be be like, "Hi, this is Linda Adler." Oh God. <laughs> and like, oh man. And so none of them left a voicemail. I didn't even and, have girls calling me in high school, but it would have been like significantly fewer. The than one zero. girl that called me. <laughs> Yeah, it, so she didn't leave a message, and then she didn't pick up when I called oh, her figure. back. That's crazy. She wasn't the one. Not the one. That's she what was my mom not was the saying. one. That's right. My mom would always be like, Nick, one day there's going to be a girl that's going to be able to love you just for you. You know, and I can tell you have a great relationship with your mom. I do. Almost too good of a relationship with your mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what you're insinuating <laughs> no, or inferring. Not, not like that. Yeah, not yeah, like that. yeah. Okay, no, I'm not no. dating my mom. No, if that's not what, like, like that. Like, uh, yeah, I love my mom. She's awesome. Um, how often do you call and talk to your mom on the phone? Oh, God. Well, I don't like talking on the phone. I work in Coleman, so I like see her in person okay. a lot. That makes sense. And okay. so we'll have like actual face-to-face conversations a good bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just think... Um, like you don't want to be one of those guys that at the age of 30 or whatever, 27, whatever, that has a problem and calls his mom to, I call my parents a lot though for problems. Not like, I guess you have a better relationship with your parents than I do, Nick. Well, Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, think about like anything. Like, I mean, even, even in the Bible, it talks about like seeking wisdom and seeking counsel and like honoring your mother and father. And I just think like throughout my life, if there's any two people that have my best interest at heart at all times, it's my parents. And so when I'm going through stuff or difficult times, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm going to call them and seek their advice on it. I, so yeah, we do have a really good relationship. I mean, and I realize how special that is because there's so many people out there that, that really, I mean, especially doing comedy, man, like comedy, you realize like it's like a battlefield of people that are hurt and injured and have had traumatic things happen to them in life and have had terrible relationships with parents and family members. And, and it really just makes me all the more thankful going like, wow, like this is so much perspective, like kind of like Calvin, like where you're just like, I don't really have problems. I haven't really had 
Like even the trials and tribulations I've had in my life feel so insignificant to like losing a parent or having abandonment issues. You know what I mean? Like, most definitely, most definitely, man. Um, I guess I'm just an ass, and I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> oh no, no, no! <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't mean to do that. It wasn't no. like a. But no, I mean, it, it, but I felt like it was like if there is a good takeaway from comedy and from doing that, it's that you do get to help be, if you are a Christian in that field, you do get to help minister to people because there are, it's such a hurting and depressing and alcoholic field. No, it is. It is. Um, if you look at most like great, great comedians, most of them have some kind of crippling either incident or upbringing or, or anxiety? yeah yeah anything Depression? yeah yeah I mean, most of them most of them most of the greats have some Brody kind Stevens, of like just like great comedian just killed himself in the past year yeah because of just all sorts of terrible like depression states and things that he experiences the highs and lows of manic um yeah that's what my comedy open mic is called is manic yeah, because I feel like it's such a word that describes so many comedians because there is such highs and lows in comedy. Oh, dude, the, yeah, I was gonna say the the highs and lows just in comedy itself, mm-hmm. like those are brutal, man. A lot of the time, so like you have to be almost a little bit crazy to want to do this, and you also have to like use comedy as you're coming up as a defensive to get real good and real sharp and kind of ha- and kind of grow and cultivate that comedy mind. You kind of have to use it all the time and if you're extraordinarily good looking or extraordinarily good at something sports whatever you know whatever you're probably not going to lean on that you're probably not going to lean on being a jester for people throughout your life people are shocked that i do comedy and i'm such like extraordinarily good looking i was gonna say so where did you (laughs) fit in what happened to you as a kid is what i was gonna say yeah yeah um but you grew up with red hair and that probably made you feel a little bit different yeah. than everybody it was well, definitely i mean like it was always a struggle to find a square dancing partner every year <laughs> so sorry didn't want to necessarily dance with opie um it was tough man uh i had to develop thick skin and no pigment <laughs> thick skin stuff <laughs> man thick, tough non-pigmented skin dude yeah. I, my hair was so much redder when i was little like yeah as i've gotten older it's kind of browned out a little bit yeah yeah you know but and starting to get a little gray in there actually even White, not gray. It's weird. Redheads get white hair. Interesting. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, I'm getting white. Because the pigment's gone. Okay. Did not know that. That's cool, man. You know, <laughs> silver be fox. an Eagles concert. <laughs> Just all whites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I was the shortest kid uh, in my school all the way up through like fifth grade. And I don't know if they do this anymore. Talking about the times that they are a change in. Um, when I was coming up every year, once a year, we would literally line up the class from shortest to tallest. Yeah, we did that for pictures. And it's like, you know, all the short people in the front, but I'm like, couldn't we just have two categories like short and tall? Do we have to really rank everybody? Okay. So back to this song that we're doing and, and you and I will throw it. I'll, I'll throw something your way. You'll throw it my way. And then eventually we start typing. And then we get it all typed out. And then you kind of have to start this copy and paste process where you hopefully make it flow where it feels like there's a flow to it. It feels like the flow. Yeah. It feels like a conversation. It feels like something like a book, a beginning, a middle and end, that kind of thing. 
So that's the kind of where, and that takes a long time. Also, cutting out extra words. Check out Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, Chris Rock called Jerry Seinfeld a word smith. And what does a what does a like a smith do? They pound and shape and cut and you know they they shape things into the shape that they need them to be. In comedy, if you can cut out your extra words, cut out any extra word, write out your entire joke and any tiny little extra word. Cut it out because the goal is to set up a joke and get to the punchline before the audience has time to tune out or finish the joke themselves or whatever. But like you've got your setup and your punchline and and with the shortest amount of words possible, get that out there. That's something that I think is so important because then you end up because then you can increase your joke frequency and your laugh frequency throughout your set and get more jokes in in a one minute set, a five minute set, a 30 minute set or whatever. Go. You got some more bars for me, bud? This one we can't use. Okay. So we'll take some of this stuff, put it together, and then kind of put all the jokes in one big sheet and then be like, no, no, no. Yes, this one is the best, so let's move it to the end. This one is the second best, so let's put it at the beginning. You want to start with a bang. If you start with a weak joke, first off, you're you're in a lot of trouble. Um, and it's a tough room. And if the room isn't on your side, whether it's the Rick and Bubba guys at the desk yeah. or it's you know the people at a comedy club if the room is not on your side you're in a whole lot of trouble so but dude thank you so much for being on the show oh, no, dude, thanks for having me this is fun hopefully it'll go well anyway so you guys have a birthday song for Greg today we do uh, we do indeed so okay. uh, here it is Greg today's your birthday who cares not me on a scale of important things, you are a three. There are so many things I care much more about. I offer no gifts, no card, no kindness, and no cloud. <laughs> I want to box you, Greg. Like the thriller in Manila. If you got attacked by Harambe, I'd help the gorilla. <laughs> I wouldn't show up to a party if you sent a personal invitation, Greg. I'd rather be seen at Hitler's inauguration. <laughs> what? <laughs> you thought about that line over and over again, didn't you? What? Greg likes to sleep on his office couch quite a lot, which makes sense, but at home he sleeps on his couch whether he likes it or not. <laughs> He's Greg Burgess. He's the man laying power lines with a natty in his hand. He's a grandpappy. And everyone's friend, but if you make him mad, he'll tell you to kiss his rear end. So let's all sing Rick. this together. Greg, it's your birthday. We wish we liked you better. <laughs> you wear cargo shorts like you work at the docks, and to make it even worse, you wear them with Crocs. Greg Burgess, he does what he wants, like leaving in the middle of boring segments. Greg, it's your birthday. We hate you quite a lot. You're the human equivalent of a stolen parking spot. Your flatulence stinks like that of a skunk, and everyone knows you love getting wrong. <laughs> How is Rick older and still has more hair? It's like God pranked you with a can of nair. Greg does the work of two half men, but he has six interns. Do it for him. <laughs> he's Greg Burgess. He thinks he's the man. Lane power lines with the Natty oh in his hand. Now he's a grandpappy and everyone's friend. But if you make him mad, he'll tell you to kiss his rear end. So let's all sing this together. Greg, it's your birthday. We wish we liked you better. Greg, you're never there for me when I'm stuck in an emotional rut. 
you're less comforting than using sandpaper on my butt. <laughs> the movie Blackfish featured a real sad Shamu. It turns out the whale got even sadder when he was hanging out with you. <laughs> hanging out with Greg or stepping in dog do. Greg, your personality has actually made it hard to choose. <laughs> Here's a list of things we like better than you. Cornhole on ESPN. Shirtless dudes at the gym. Referees taking hours to review a play. Any music that's made by just a DJ. Vanilla Ice, MC Hammer, people who correct my grammar. A frat boy on guitar playing Wonderwall. Women playing basketball. Girls who break my heart. A creepy guy talking about art. Getting stabbed in the back by a friend having a catheter put in. Burps in my face playing for Fortnite, the liberal media, and the alt-right. Stubbing my toe, bugs in my bed, no one one day will all be dead. These are the things we like more than Greg! <laughs> he's Greg Burgess, he thinks he's the man. Laying power lines with a natty in his hand. Now he's a grandpappy and everyone's friend. But if you make him mad, he'll tell you to get my rear end. <laughs> Let's all sing. This together, Greg, it's your birthday. We wish we liked you better. Very good. What an honor, Greg. Oh, that's there good stuff. Uh, what an hey, honor, Greg. Well, I feel like I've accomplished everything with these two I intended to do. <laughs> That's it for this episode, and the nonprofit of the week is The Link of Coleman. They help people that are struggling with life, finding a job, struggling with parenting, or just struggling to keep their cool. The Link of Coleman has classes, coaching, and support to help you every step of the way. Uh, and if you're not in the Coleman, Alabama area, they can point you to an organization in your area that can also help. For more info, go to linkingcoleman.org. Next week, my guests are Fletcher and Ian from the first ever White Guy Film Podcast. It's the first one ever. There's never been a White Guy Film Podcast ever. These guys host a film podcast. I'm going to sit down with them and talk movies. It's going to be great. For all the links regarding this episode and for previous episodes, go to adler.tv. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts. Your comments and your support are amazing. I cannot thank you enough for it, and I will see you next week. My wife's uh, in some crazy place right now, and she's texting me, so I'm going to text her just a bunch of kissy faces. That'll give me, that'll oh, buy yeah. me a little bit of time. 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, for sure.